following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape on this Saturday, September 2nd. A little congratulations and kudos to the wifey as my wife Allison turns a ripe old, oh, we will not say that age here on the podcast, but it is her birthday today. So enjoy that one, honey. We've got uh, some plans for later on, or sisters in town, or nephews in town. So we'll have a, a lot of fun throughout the day. And for the listeners at home, the real interest is fantasy football because we are here, baby. It is draft, uh, you know, uh, basically the gauntlet here of fantasy drafts. These are the drafts that have waited to the very, very end. We're looking at Sunday of Labor Day weekend on Monday night, Labor Day itself, and then Tuesday, which is probably the last day you could really get the fantasy draft in. I guess you could extend it to Wednesday. Wednesday, you know, gets to be a little hairy because uh, obviously you did every system usually puts players on waivers for a day, if not two. So if you get to do that draft on a Wednesday, then players are on, you know, on reserve and on waivers for Thursday, which is kickoff this week. That's right. We are just days and days away from kickoff itself. Thursday, the 7th, where we will be watching the Chiefs face off against the Lions. The Lions, who are set to steal the thunder of the NFC North from the Green Bay Packers as Aaron Rodgers is out the door. Peace out of here. And as a result, Jordan Love and the Packers are looking to break down before everybody's eyes as uh, people do not have high expectations for Mr. Love and company out there in Green Bay. But uh, who is the benefit benefactor of that is the Lions, who people love last year. Uh, well documented that I did not. I thought it was fucking beyond comical. Uh, their coaching staff, I, I know Dan Campbell, everybody loves him. Uh, and he seems like a great guy. I would love to drink beers with him. I just definitely wouldn't want him coaching my football team. They had Aaron Glenn there as defensive coordinator. Everything was awful at the beginning. I was laughing and rolling around uh, in my own joy as I thought that uh, I, you know, I was calling in. I said, oh, "This is <laughs> this is the deal," and this, and I couldn't have been more wrong. As everything turned around like on a dime, and before you know it, uh, they are ripping off wins and just making me look like a fool. Now, we're one year later, they're going to be on kickoff, and they are, you know, dark horse for Super Bowl contender, maybe not a dark horse, but, you know, I, I think they're probably too popular to be a dark horse, but they are being talked about. We will get to see it all play out on 
TV come Thursday. But anyway, back to what we were talking about here. Broken Helmet, we are finishing up our series of fantasy football with only a couple of days left. Tried to get this podcast in way before. Uh, We're trying to get it in early in the week and give more time because obviously this entire week that has passed has seen drafts take place. Uh, The one that I am a commish to has actually took place on Tuesday of this week. So there are a lot of... Fantasy drafts have already taken place, but for those that have not, we are getting in the running back episode that we have yet to record here. Uh, Chris is all tied up today, so I'm going solo here. I will not try to bore anybody with my long, drawn-out stories. We'll just get right into the tiers. I will also uh, give some reflection on drafts past this week to let you know exactly what I have been seeing uh, as I have drafted away. I think in the in total this year, I you know, look, I'm not a big best ball guy, not a big underdog guy. Uh, I did try NFC for a couple of years with my brother. That was fun. Um, I'm just a home draft guy. I'm a home league guy. Um, in about, I think this year I'll probably be in about eight, I think. I think eight was the count. Uh, I think I tapped out. I, I capped out years ago with like 11 maybe. Um, and so there are people way more active than I am. Uh, I am not. I just, I like the fun of it. I, I like the social aspect of it, especially since I'm in a league with my friends from high school, league with my friends from college, I, you know, league, friends from work, you know, insert here. And so that that's the way that I am. But I've been involved in enough that I think I could see some trends right here that probably would apply to the running backs. And I guess the one trend that I will say is that you're going to have to feel it out in the beginning of the draft. But drafts, oddly enough, have been going one of two ways. Sometimes it's easy to predict. Sometimes it's not so much. But either people have been gassing heavy on running backs to where there is a shortage almost immediately. And you're looking back and you go, oh, shit, I wish I went running back instead of going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, like I, it was my plan originally. Uh, and that has been thrown a curveball in several drafts where I ended up going running back, was planning on going wide receiver all the way throughout and did not only because you see the trend, you go, oh, shit. Or, you know, the w- one position I was in, I was just like, you know what? It's either Barkley or Lamb or Wilson, and I think it's too early for them, and so I ended up going Barkley. And you know, you just got to be able to be nimble and quick and jump between strategies and figure out if you do some kind of adjustment that's against your strategy, how are you going to course correct, right? So anyway, the drafts have been heavy one side or the other, and it's just dictated randomly, kind of. I, you know, it, it's just all of a sudden people are going running backs and they all stick to running backs, and there's none left. And then I was involved in another one recently where all of a sudden it went wide receivers and I was like, okay, you know, I'll go I'll, I'll go running back here because I know the running backs are going to go. And then never got off to wide receiver tip. And then all of a sudden I got my running backs and I said, oh shit, I have nothing left in wide receivers. And I was able to pull out, you know, I wouldn't say rabbits out of a hat, but I was able to get a DK Metcalf and then Hopkins. I had Hopkins and Watson lined up. I said, you know what? I think think Watson will come back to me if I pick up 
Hopkins here. I don't think Hopkins will be back if I pick up Watson. That's what I did. Watson came back, and so I was able to kind of bail myself out. In that league I just mentioned, I had picked up Barkley, and then I had picked up Henry, and then I went after wide receivers, and then I think I also picked up Lamar Jackson somewhere in the middle there. I got more, way more Lamar Jackson than I ever thought I would in 2023, and it only is because... The way that these drafts have been going, if you're trying to get value and point potential, there always becomes this break point where you're just like, oh, you know what? You know, I, I have running backs, and now these wide receivers aren't worth it, or vice versa. I've got wide receivers, and these backs aren't worth it, but, you know, Jackson's sitting there. If he hits his potential, he's huge, and I think I'll just grab him here. I, you know, and I did that in probably too many leagues, and as a result, I'm married a little bit to him. So uh, going back to theme one is that you're going to have to keep an eye on it, but it usually, the running back or wide receiver position is usually getting tapped out. There's not been an even spread, I feel, of the two positions where, you know, you come round three, four, and you're like, oh, this is great. There's a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of available talent here in the running back position. Like, no, it's either gone in the first couple of rounds one way or the other, and you're kind of looking back and just saying like, ah, oh, shit, you know, I kind of got screwed. Um, I guess it, the other one is that the front end of these drafts have all been the same. I mean, literally, I think the first eight picks of any one of my drafts have all been the same cast of characters. You're in a 12-person league. Your one through eight is basically the same. And you're looking at Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, uh, McCaffrey, uh, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. Um, I've got two more. Do I want to throw Barkley in there? Uh, oh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, right? Even though you know, he's a little banged up, they think he's going to be better. Cooper Cup's another one that's seven, and then I've got an eight. I'm, I'm forgetting some name, but they're all the same. I, you know, I, Barkley maybe. Oh, B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson. So they, they would be the eight, right? Those eight are off the board in every single draft. The order kind of changes on the front end, but it's usually Jefferson one. Uh, you know, I haven't really seen any, but I don't think I've been involved in a draft that hasn't had Jefferson one. Chase or McCaffrey, too. And then, you know, it, it fluctuates a little bit after that. But those eight guys have been the top. So you don't see anything different. So if you're sitting in the nine hole, the nine or the ten hole, that's where you're, like, stuck where you're kind of like, okay, now, now I'm going to have to decide on what I want to do here, right? And that is, do I want to go with C.D. Lambs? Do I want to go with Derrick Henrys? Do I want to go with Saquon Barkley's? Do I want to go with Garrett Wilson's? Do I want to go with Devontae Adams? You know, what am I doing here? That's where you're getting the first bit of, you know, I don't want to say creativity. There's nothing creative about making those picks. But that's where you're getting the first variance in any kind of draft is slots nine on, right? And so I, I, those are the two big ones right now. In the back end of the drafts, I feel that there is a lot more long-range running back talent to be picked than there is wide receivers. I'm gonna. Th- I guess that's to be expected, right? Because of the nature of the running back position. But your uh, Jalen Warren, your Tank Bigsby. Those guys have the potential uh, spears, right? Whether by injury or just performance, they have the ability, the potential to be scoring starting running back numbers. As being advertised or 
what you're looking at, right? ATN gets hurt. Bigsby's been looking good in the preseason. Warren's been looking great. He looked okay last year. Harris's question mark. You know, Spears is right there to fill in the roles and looks good whenever he's in there. And Henry is old and he's been used a ton. So you're not going to see, I don't think, that you're going to see that same kind of potential out of wide receivers down at that level. So again, I think minus a, a, a running back tear that's just taking all of the running back talent off the board, I still think that wide receiver is the position to focus on early because I think there is stuff on the back end that you can get to fill in running backs or at least get you know a shot down the road to fill in. Um, you've seen Javante Williams slip. Uh, Samanje Pirine has also slipped. So you've been able to get, uh, you know, those two. Charbonnet has slipped, but has been popular, especially with canine owners, because obviously they've got to cover their, their you know, their bases there. Um, you know, any number of the San Francisco backs, uh, that's insane. well, yeah, outside of McCaffrey, you got Mitchell there. Uh, who's that other guy? He hasn't gone that high, but, um, I meant to go, I meant originally to say dolphin running backs because that's just a stable of, you know, 12 heads and you got to figure out which dude is going to be the one toting the rock. Who the hell knows? Right. So, um, there. It's just kind of all over at a certain point. Um, you're seeing more long-range potential in the running backs, I feel, than the wide receivers. You still get a little bit of that wide receiver potential feel, but you're getting it in, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is going late, and so maybe I'll pick him up. Terrace Tony is going late because he's always injured and barely ever plays. Um, but those are, I would say, kind of the comparative wide receivers to the the Bigsby's, Spears, Warrens, right? Um, and I might be selling Warren uh, a little short. He's probably better than those other two. But you get the gist of what I'm saying. So let's dive into tiers here. And to me, I think that the, the first running back tier, and I do tiers. I, I know that some, some uh, places do not. CBS Sportsline uh, chooses not to do tiers. They end up doing kind of rankings instead. Um, some places do strictly tiers. I like the tiers only because I found that you can't really predict what's going to happen in any given draft. You really can't. This year, like I said, the first eight fucking draft picks have been telegraphed beyond belief. But outside of that, you kind of just don't know what's going to happen, which way it's going to go. And so I like the tiers because you get to figure out, okay, where is the point? Do I want a tier two running back or do I want a tier three wide receiver? Well, how do I think that I could, you know, how can I flip-flop this and insert some value? I salvage myself. I'm looking at this later on. These teams don't have tight ends. These teams don't have quarterbacks. They're going to have to do that. I grabbed Kelsey number one, so I have a little bit of flexibility in the next couple of rounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So I do tears. That's the point of the whole fucking long, drawn-out story. I just said, you fucking asshole. Oh, Jesus. You are a stupid asshole. That's exactly what he is. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, so tier one. I just think are basically two players, and that's it. It's McCaffrey and Eckler, right? So I, my tier one of wide receivers was very thin as well. It ended up being Chase and Jefferson. It's kind of the same thing here with McCaffrey and Eckler, right? So, I, you know, if you're looking at the first four picks, I'm picking one of those four, and that's all I'm picking. 
And if it's not, you know, and, and that gives me four picks. And then when it comes to five, then it's kind of like, all right, what do I have to do here? Like I said, I'm a wide receiver person, so I'm probably leaning more that side. Um, I would put the second tier of running back here at Saquon Barkley and Bijan Robinson. Bijan is everybody and their brother is gassing on this dude. And I don't know what to make of him quite yet. He's played very sparingly in preseason. He's looked good when he did. It's preseason, though. Um, I just like the potential behind it and the fact that he is going to be thrown into Atlanta to do everything. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of a Saquon Barkley situation when he was drafted, going to the Giants, which not a great team, and on the decline, they they get him and they try to revamp it with David Gettleman. The whole thing just fucking blows up, or I should say, breaks down, because Gettleman had no fucking plan behind it. Atlanta seems to have a little bit more of a plan. Again, they also have a ton of young talent. Uh, reminiscent of, uh, you know, these teams past that have loaded up early on athletic talent on the offensive side of the ball, all being young, knowing that eventually you're going to pay the piper. Uh, you know, I've gone through, you know, I mean, Cincinnati's going to have to do that eventually too. Um, you know, they're, they're, this is more reminiscent, let's say, of like, it didn't pan out for them, but the Lions of the early 2000s when they they got uh, uh, was Harrington, Har- uh, Joey Harrington, whatever, the quarterback and then the running back and the wide receivers and they got everyone, you know. And it didn't work out, um, but at one time you're kind of like, holy shit, guys! You know, you can't keep just drafting wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks because you got to pay all these guys, and they're like a year or two apart. Uh, and the cap wasn't. Well, I mean, it's always been flexible, but they haven't. They had not figured out how to utilize the cap to the extent that they did now. And there's also there probably has been adjustments to the cap uh, also to make it a little bit more friendly. But point being is that. Uh, you have the Atlanta Falcons right now getting Drake London, getting Kyle Pitts, and B. John Robinson. Uh, you know, Ritter is, uh, you know, the second-year quarterback, right? So, yeah, uh, eventually there's going to have to be a give here somehow. Like, how are you going to keep all these guys if they all end up being good? Which is what you want because you want good players all over the fucking offensive side of the ball. It's just impossible when they're all young on rookie contracts because when it comes time to pay, you can't pay everybody. Anyway, back to B. John Robinson. I think that he'll be utilized a ton. And so I put him in par with Barkley because I think Barkley also has the same utilization ability, getting the ball through the air and on the ground. There is definite risk for Barkley having a step down to this year, uh, possibility of getting hurt because unfortunately it's just been his mo since he, since that second year uh, when he hurt himself. He's always getting banged up, you know, somehow at the end of last year, and then I think it was they lose to Philly again. This is how terrible my fucking long-term memory, my short-term memory is. I can't even remember last year uh, my team that I watch uh, as they got bounced. They got bounced, I'm pretty sure, by uh, the Philadelphia, right? And it wasn't even close. But anyway, in, in whatever game I'm thinking of, um, a Barkley, I, I don't even think he finished. And if he did finish, it wasn't after, it wasn't for him being out for like a quarter and a half or something. He, was, he got injured again. So, question mark there, but potential is there for him and Robinson to be in the second tier. Third tier is a little less. Now, some people might say Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs should shoot up to that second tier. Pollard, I would never put up into a second tier only because you haven't seen him do it. Uh, It's always been potential. This guy is kind of like the uh, Trey Lance of running backs, if you will. Uh, Maybe not at 
that bad because he actually has played and performed in spots. But man, you know, you'd think that this was fucking Tony Dorsett, by the way. People talk about him, and the guy is barely played, right? This will be his year. And for that reason, I'll keep him here in tier three because I just haven't seen it happen. And now there are going to be people that believe in him. They're going to put him up in that second tier. Fine. I don't. I just haven't seen it. And I think that Barkley and Robinson, I haven't seen Robinson either. Yes. No, I know. It's just a different, it's just a different potential. I feel, I think that Robinson has a way higher potential than Pollard does. I haven't seen either of them go. So Pollard goes here. Robinson goes up, but there will be some people that like Pollard. Um, Chubb, Henry and Jacobs. Now Jacobs, I could put up in the second one too. Only thing with Jacobs is, remember, Jacobs was really good out of the gate, and then he came down to earth, and then he had this renaissance last year. Now, he just went through the whole um, contract baloney, and he got finally signed one year, whatever it was. Did he get 13 mil? Is that when he, you know, they gave Barkley like 11, maybe, I think it was 13. I don't know. Go look it up on Google. But they get Jacobs into into camp. That's all that I care about. And so he is now here in the draft. I would probably keep him here at three. Of any of these players, I'm, I could see an argument for him being put up into the second tier. A, because he's done it in the past. B, because he just did it last year. And C, you know, I do like the fact that he, he is who he is to that Raiders offense. And with McDaniels at the helm, you know, I could see him trying to utilize him and get him those kinds of statistics. But for purposes here, I've got him in my tier three. Chubb and Henry, fantastic. Henry's a big question mark for me. However, last year he came through, he was fine, and here he pumped out a ton of ton of points. If he meets what his typical prior years are, he's easily a three, if not a tier two. Right, and probably not the tier one that he was a couple of years ago, but he would definitely be a tier two. I just have question marks, and I put him down here. Um, as a result, Chubb, I just don't think that he gets the totes uh, per se that Henry did when he was the number one ball and running back uh, hero RB, if you will. Uh, and he doesn't get the receptions, so he does great with what he got. He, you know, I just haven't seen enough. Uh, from him to move him up to the second tier. I just don't think he gets those kind of points. Now, Kareem Hunt is gone. He will not be there this year. Whether or not he comes back, I don't know. Um, if they sign him, he's still out there. They're still trying to lock in a deal. Nobody has seemed to bite. Um, but without him there, maybe Chubb gets even more utilization. I am not sure, but for now I'm keeping him in the tier three. Um, now, here's where you get, uh, tier four, that is, is where you get a lot of stretches, right? Because I don't know necessarily what to make of these guys. I like them as my ones. I probably, I have no problem taking these guys as my ones if I'm going hardcore wide receiver early, right? I definitely wouldn't want one of these guys to be my two if I have a running back heavy approach to the draft, if I fall into this tier, tier four, which the guys I'm about to mention, and I'm looking at these guys at being like my number two running back and I've only had, I only drafted one other wideout, I'd probably go back to wideout to get better value than these guys. I it, Again, it all depends, but this group is going to be your Joe Mixon, your Aaron Jones, your Travis Etienne, Ramonde Stevenson, Stevenson, Ramonde Stevenson, Najee Harris, Jameer Gibbs, 
Uh, and I, I don't know what to do with uh, Jonathan Taylor. I, I don't I don't know what to do with this guy. They just put him out. He's going to be gone. He's not going to play first four games. Pup list, all that kind of stuff. Everybody did a podcast about it. Um, I I don't I don't know what to make of it. I am not touching Jonathan Taylor anywhere. Uh, two two guys I will not touch this year right out of the gate. One being Cooper Cup. He's just getting old. I don't trust it. He's hurt with this hamstring thing, and I am not touching fucking uh sorry Jonathan Taylor either. Four games out. I just can't depend on it. I don't know what I'm getting on the way back. He wasn't that great last year. Um, I would say I'm probably not touching Najee Harris either. I gassed on him last year. I drafted him much higher. He's coming down, but with the Jalen Warren thing, I, you know, I'm not touching that. that. Those would be three guys over the top of my head that I have seen in other drafts. And, well, I've seen in drafts, and I'm just like, I am not touching him. I'm just not doing it. Um, I don't know if there's any other high-end talent that I could say I think that same way about. Um, Travis Kelsey, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, you know, he's older. So you, you, you question if his production's ever going to fall and you're investing a, a really big pick at tight end to get him. Um, but I don't think I'm nearly where I am with these other guys. I just mentioned that being cup and Taylor uh, and Harris. So anyway, back to this tier four, um, you know, all those guys, you know, look, Taylor comes back and he plays up to his potential. Then you're getting a steal and you just got to figure out a way to fill in the gap for four weeks. Najee Harris goes to where he was two years ago and picks up where that Najee Harris left off instead of last year's Najee Harris. And then you turn around, you got a guy that gets both receptions and rushes and is putting up points everywhere. Ramonde Steven <laughs> Stevenson, I keep saying Stevenson, I fucking fumbling my tongue. But Ramondre, how about we just do that? Ramondre. So Ramondre had a great last year. Um, I would hope that he would have a repeat performance. They go out and get Zeke. A little bit of a question mark. You might lose a couple touchdowns here and there, but still, I, I think it's good enough to be here as your, you know, I guess number one of your wide receiver heavy. Ation, same thing. Uh, point potential to really blow it up here. Injuries are a concern. Um, so I, I'm a little cautious about him. I like taking him, but again, it, it depends on what the rest of my team has got going and what round it's in. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, another, I don't know. I don't know enough about him because I haven't seen him. So I don't have last year to go off of. Um, you know, this is another college translating to the pros type pick. Not to mention he's in Detroit. He's in Johnson's offense. Um, you know, without real much competition, David Montgomery, I'm sorry, you're not drafting Jameer Gibbs, uh, because you're thinking about playing uh, David Montgomery and, and having Gibbs ride the pine. It's not going to happen. Uh, maybe, you know, Montgomery is more of insurance should you put in Gibbs and he blows up. Uh, Mixon, who I love and he's on that offense. Um, I had Mixon. I haven't had Mixon over the years as much as I wish I had. He's been a solid point production guy. Uh, took a little bit of a cut this year to get some other people on his team. And then Aaron Jones. I, I am not a fan of Aaron Jones. I would pick him if I needed the, the running back. Uh, I wouldn't stay away from him, like I said, other guys. But again, question marks about that Packers team. And I don't know if I want him as my one. He's been a solid point guy. He's probably more secure than some of these other guys. I think my concern for him is that his point potential, I don't think, is nearly as high as some of these others. 
So then we jump into five. And five is where, okay, these are the guys that I need as my running back two at the, at the most. These guys cannot be my, my number one guy. At least I, I would feel uncomfortable with these guys as my number one, and I would think I was going to be getting the worst of it each and every week if they were there. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, again, let's just run through them. Brees Hall, K-9, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Alexander Madison, J.K. Dobbins. Those are the guys that I'm putting in my five. I love all of them as a two. Um, you know, I guess I could live with these guys if, as a one if you had two guys from this rung, right? So you end up going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. There's nothing left, but you can get Pierce and Sanders on a turn. Or you pick up Pierce and Sanders and Madison and Dobbins are out there, so you could get, at least get them in between unless, I, you know, there were, everybody went running backs and picked all those guys. Um, in that case, I could definitely pick up these two guys because I would have gassed heavily on wide receivers and filled up a lot of points there. Or that would be the hope, right? Brees Hall of this crew is the X factor. And in the drafts that I have been involved with, Brees Hall has slid quite a bunch. He has slid down to the point that you're sitting there looking at him and you're like, dude, really? Like, I can't pass him up. He might not play for the first couple of weeks. He might not be good for the first couple of weeks. Yes, they got Dalvin Hall, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Hall, who the fuck is that? Dalvin Cook, but... I don't care. Like, Hall was a monster up until he got hurt. Usually takes a year to come back from those kinds of injuries, but they've added so much to this Jets offense. If he was able to do that with nobody, uh, could he do even more with somebody? You know, and that ultimately ends up being the question that, uh, that you have. And so, you know, Brees Hall you can get at a deep discount. If you could get Brees Hall and somehow find a way to pad that flex or running back position with somebody else in the short term, then you could just sit on Hall and wait for him to come back. That would be a phenomenal approach. It is actually one that my brother and I uh, did. Um, actually, uh, was it two of us or did it with me? No, it was me and him. We were actually, oddly enough, um, I, we were in CBS uh, Fantasy Football Today's Dave Richards entry, his division for their St. Jude's fundraiser. And so, those of you not familiar, Fantasy Football Today, a very popular fantasy football podcast, uh, stars Adam Azer, J- uh, Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richards, Heath Cummings. Uh, they also bring on other, you know, other characters from time to time, but those are the core four, if you will. Um, very popular in fantasy circles, a very knowledgeable folk. They put out a good product. And so they have a, and I've mentioned this before, I think as, as my brother, but anyway, they have a fantasy football league that they put out for auction. And my brother got us a team. And in that, in that auction, we had the chance to get Hall because he had slipped. And we had filled in everything minus tight end. And this was going to be our flex position. And so we grabbed him with the thought that, look, Hole's here now. We grab him. We try to fill in this flex position with our next pick with something that would allow us to take Hole and put him on the, side, uh, on the sidelines for a bit. We pick up Hole, and then at that point, we can just sit on him and hopefully get him back. 
And I think, you know, we got, I think, Gabe Davis and maybe Zay Flowers to put in his place in the short term. And in this draft, I also had uh, Lamar Jackson. So with that said, you know, like the Flowers, Jackson, we were anything that you have with Jackson, you really should try to link with something else. And I would say Mark Andrews, uh, I don't know, one of the wide receivers, whoever it is that you like. Maybe you can grab two of the wide receivers. Um, but that's kind of what you would like to do there. So we ended up going with Brees Hall, like I said, and then we ended up turning around and drafting uh, Gabe Davis and Zay Flowers. I was correct there. And so we'll play the two of them, one of those two, until Brees Hall comes out. And then once Brees Hall comes back, then, I don't know, maybe depending on what happens, maybe one of our two running backs go to the bench. Um, you know, and maybe Zay Flowers or or Gabe Davis stay in flex. I, you know, who knows? Uh, you don't quite know. But anyway, that would be the approach with Brees Hall, depending on where he pops up on your map. He would probably be a, a deeper flyer when you think that you can get something immediately thereafter to uh, replace him wherever you're going to have him, running back or flex. So that ends up being Tier 5. And then after that, it's just, it's kind of the best of the rest. Um, You know, I'll I'll do the Tier 6 that I had rounded out, and then after Tier 6, it's just guys. Um, And so Tier 6, I've got Rashad White. I've got Cam Akers. Uh, both of those will be starters. Akers, obviously, a monster disappointment from last year. Very frustrating. I drafted him. I thought he was going to ball out. He did not. It killed me in that one draft. Um, I, I'm a little gun-shy here. Put him on the I will not touch this year just because of last year deal. And so I'm, I will not touch Akers. I've seen him come up in drafts. He's been there for me to take, and I passed on him. Um, but White and Akers are going to be starters. James Conner going to be a starter out in Arizona. He's also here in this rung. I also have uh, Kamara on suspension for four games, then he'll come back. Dalvin Cook, uh, I've got him here. He will be this probably starter leading out. Javante Williams injured, but should come around and probably go back to where he was in the pecking order. I, at least a couple of weeks in the year, you would think some some injury. Pirine is the guy that everybody is taking to compliment him or actually overshoot him, thinking that Pirine might end up being the guy in the end. I do not. I have Javante here ahead of him. Uh, your DeAndre Swift, who looks to be the lead back out in Philadelphia. Again, Philadelphia's backfield is a little bit of a mess. Swift is the one that I like the most out of all of them. I don't like him a ton, but I do like him in this tier because this is usually where I see him that I consider him. Isaiah Pacheco from Kansas City. James Cook, who a lot of people like. James Cook, probably people might bump up to that five rung. I'm just not quite sold yet. I've got to see. He's the one in this whole group that, well, there's two. The next guy also that I'll mention, but right now James Cook is one of the two that I'll mention in this that I think I could probably push to five, make an argument for it. I don't have it here because I just don't feel super confident about him quite yet, but they're probably at the top of this along with White and Akers who are starters. The next guy also is a sleeper and probably Pacheco and 
Brian Robinson Jr. are probably the two sleepers I like the most out of this group. I'm not going to say Cook is a is a sleeper because I think Cook has solidified himself as a starter, and I think people have higher expectations for him. But I'd say that these three are kind of, you know, they're, they're pushing up there with the starters, that being Pacheco Cook, and then Brian Robinson Jr., who I like from Washington. Remember, he took that shot to the knee last year. Literally, a shot to the knee. Pew! Um, and then ended up playing a couple of weeks after, you know, it just healed. I guess it was a through-and-through injury. And so he was in there and looked really good. Uh, I like him here. And then finally to round out this is Khalil Herbert. He looks to be the starter out in Chicago. Rich, you have a starter here, Khalil Herbert, all the way down in, in six. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong on this one. I know that uh, my brother, for one, and then other people that I talk to are much higher on Khalil Herbert. I just don't know what it is about him that I can't get behind if it's the Chicago offense, the Chicago line. I just haven't seen it through two years. Whatever it might be, I'm not as high as him. I have him here in, in Tier 6 with these other guys. I don't know. You know, I, I put probably Herbert... Along with Swift and Williams, uh, you know, maybe a little bit behind Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I'm just not a fan, but I can't deny that he's the starter. And so if I'm in need of a running back in one of these later round areas and he's still available along with these likes, I probably would jump on him because why wouldn't you want somebody on your bench or your flex that's a starter, right? So um, I'll take him in, in this round. And then after that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I can tell you how to grade any of the next rung of people. I see them getting drafted all over the place. But these are like the next guys. You're, you're David Montgomery, you're A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, Antonio Gibson, Samanje Pirine, Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet obviously has a lot of value to canine owners because people are afraid that he might take over canine's role. So you see people get K-9, and then you see people also try to get Charbonnet. Sometimes they get snuck, and uh, they end up getting Charbonnet sh- stolen out from beneath them, and then they're stuck with K-9 or bust, in which case then they got to scramble around and, and try to fill in that gap. Uh, you can also see that same thing with uh, Tajay Spears for... Uh, Derrick Henry owners. Um, anyway, back to Charbonnet. After him, you got your Jarek McKinnon, who had a, a huge back half of last year for Kansas City. I have Tank Bigsby and Jalen Warren uh, here in this group as well. Again, I, I think I mentioned them earlier. If I not, I'll just repeat myself. Uh, Tanks Bigby and Jalen Warren, I've liked in the preseason. Uh, I Obviously, Warren is kind of a... a, a Fantasy, you know, a golden child for a lot of people at this moment because he has looked good when he has gotten in there. He has looked a little bit better than Najee, and there's a lot of Najee hate out there, which elevates Jalen Warren. It also makes Warren kind of a necessary uh, handcuff because if you're Harris, you got to pick him up early because somebody else will. He is a starter for Pittsburgh who runs the ball. But then you have that ever, you know, that, that fear at all times, that Jalen Warren's going to come in there and take that job, one way or the other, through injury or performance. And so he has a lot of value here in this just-one-of-the-guys uh, tier, if you will. At Bigsby, for me, look, Ation gets hurt. Uh, a little bit smaller back, not tiny, but smaller. And, you know, Bigsby's looked good. He was good in college. He's looked good here in the preseason. I don't know why the team wouldn't try to use him 
a little bit more in the offense. I mean, look, you, you draft running backs in the earlier rounds because you want to utilize them. You either need a running back or you want somebody to go in that tandem backfield. And I think that was the purpose of Jacksonville getting Bigsby, and I could see him getting, you know, usage here. Uh, Devon O'Kane, I, I don't pronounce the name right, if that's the way it is. I don't care about this guy. I, you know, the rest of the Miami backfield I don't care about. They're, they're getting drafted, so it's not something that you're going to be able to pick up on the waiver wire, but I just don't know how to value them. So these are late round. Miami running backs are late round flyers for me when they're just sitting out there and I can't really pass up the opportunity of taking possible starters. I just don't know what to make of them, so I can't get too heavily invested. Rashad Penny, look, if you don't like Swift, then you probably like Penny. Penny always gets hurt. When he gets in there, he plays great, but you have no dependency on him. Flyer at best. Zeke Elliott, he's a handcuff to Stevenson at this point. Not necessarily a handcuff, but you're, you're going, I mean, not a handcuff because I don't think he's really going to challenge Stevenson for playtime. Handcuff in the sense that if Stevenson goes down, it's going to be Zeke. So if you just want to lock up backfields, that's one of the two the tandems that you want to lock up right out of the gate because you know you just don't want to let it floating out there. Somebody else grabs Elliott, and then all of a sudden you got Stevenson, and Stevenson goes down, you don't have Elliott, you screw. Uh, Elijah Mischer, Mitchell, Raheem Mosert. Jeff Wilson Jr., Devin Singletary, Tyler Algier, Damian Harris, Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. My brother's big on Deuce Vaughn. We picked him up in a league. Um, I don't know what to mean. I mean, he's been playing. uh, And it looks like he's like second, third, you know, on the depth chart. So I think he'll get some PT in a Dallas offense. I'm just not sold on on the height, weight, uh, you know, what he's built to be. But we will find out soon enough. And I got him as just one of these other guys. Kenneth Gainwell, he's got a lot of steep sleeper value for a lot of people. Think that he might come along, steal the show out of those three. Uh, Roshan Johnson, again, uh, another long-term potential pick. Um, Dante Foreman, Chicago, he, uh, along with Johnson, you know, Foreman had a great year last year for Carolina, and then all of a sudden he goes to Chicago. It looks like he might lead the backfield, give Herbert a little bit of push. Then they, you know, they draft Johnson, and, and Foreman, if I'm not mistaken, has not played in the preseason, or at least in the games or all that. Well, I, I think he's been injured. Um, again, I, you know, I have him flagged here because when I was looking at these, at these tiers, I said, I, you know, he's down here at this level where I think he could get some playing time. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you try to pick up what's going on in the preseason and he's just, he's just not there. And I'm almost positive that he's got some kind of injury too. Um, so, but he's in this ring, Gus Edwards, another handcuff to Kate, JK Dobbins, Kendra Miller, the rookie out of new Orleans. That would be another long range pick, uh, potential again, rookie running back. They get drafted to play. So you're hoping that he plays there. Uh, I don't know who else. Uh, Tyja Spears, obviously the injury handcuff for Derrick Henry. Um, I can't really think of any more here um, that I had. I had some that I, I, I haven't even mentioned here. Uh, Chupa Hubbard, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, you know, again, guys in like CEH. I mean, he's almost done there in Kansas City. You know, he was all the rage for, you know, a couple of games that rookie year and then just faded into oblivion. Samir White, you know, if you want to get backups in Las Vegas, uh, you know, I drafted him a couple of of leagues last year or I 
drafted him and then picked him up on the waiver wire. And they just never used the goddamn guy. And so, you know, away he went, and now it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to do that again. It's just a waste of a pick, and he just doesn't play all that much. So that's where it is. So anyway, but that ends up being uh, the, the best of the rest. Uh, obviously, there are guys out there uh, that you might like that I have not mentioned um, again, I think the concern for running backs, same with wide receivers, but with running backs, a little more of a concern because I think the later, I think there's more wide receivers out there for later picks than there are for running backs. So if you're involved in a draft where running backs start going fast, I would say definitely follow that trend because if you think you're going to outsmart everybody and pick up wide receivers, I, I, you're going to be stuck with one of these lower lower tiers is what I'm afraid is going to end up happening. Now, maybe you're confident in that, and you say, you know what, I'll live with a, a Dobbins-Sanders as, as my running backs. Okay, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I could do something like that too. Take three guys out of that uh, tier five, if you will. Um, but again, it's just, I think that the quality drop-off after tiers one, two, three, um, and you start floating into that four is, you know, the guarantees are not there. And I question the overall potential of some of them. Uh, I, w- I would rather, and not to mention that when these, when running backs start going, that, that tier four, that tier five will get eaten into. So before you know it, it's just like Brees Hall canine are off the, off the board. And you're like, oh shit, they, you know, I'm, I'm pushing in tier six, just one of the guys territory here. I, I've got to get moving here. I, I got to get some stuff here. If not, not only for, you know, to fill in my, my starting lineup, but I also got to think about depth. There's something that you got to think specifically with running backs. Remember you get two of these guys. It's fine. You need three. You can't just go two and then bounce around to, you know, filling in wide receiver depth. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't have a backup. And now I'm looking at like A.J. Dillon as my backup running back. You're fucked, buddy. Don't let that happen to you. Remember, you got to get three running backs. You can't go two and then just live with whatever you got. You know, whatever those two, three running backs are, you know, one hero and then the other three from you know, or other two from random spots. Okay, fine. But you, you can't go with a crapo third guy. You, you gotta, you gotta get two and th- RB two and RB three, um, or flex, whatever he ends up being, but running back specifically, you gotta get three manageable running backs that can return you some kind of points. You need a little bit of depth. Um, and so that, that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll punch out there because, uh, there's really not much more to talk about. I mean, we've been gotten this far with the preseason. We are in full swing. A couple of days left. People, a lot of people have already drafted. They're going to be getting this running back cap, and they're going to be like, Eggy, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, <laughs> we're already done with all my four drafts. Why are you posting this now? Well, because I got around to it, and that's what we've done every year for a little bit now. We've always closed out the, the fantasy season. We're not going to stop now, so... Here she goes. Hope you enjoyed. And then the last thing, and I hope we get to it before the Thursday kickoff, uh, ultimately will be me and my brother going through uh, our season-long wagers. Uh, you know, some over-unders and, you know, defensive player awards and all the rest of that. We it might actually be after the, the first game. So, uh, you know, hopefully it won't, but I don't know. It's going to be tight this week. I got a lot of uh, kid sports, all the rest of it, and I know he's tied up having his 
second youngest. But we're trying to get it in there for you so that you can make use some of that and make your wagers make some cash, right? The always lovely cash. Anyway, that's it. Talk to you later. Peace.